Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to WTIC's Pet Talk. Today, Lori Fast takes your pet behavior questions. This is a show for you and your best friend. Call in now at 522-WTIC, 1-800-966-WTIC, or star WTIC from your cell phone if you have AT&T Wireless. And now, Pet Talk. Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of Pet Talk. You're listening to Lori Fass, and this is the Behavior Edition. Next week, uh, Dr. Dennis will be on, and the following week is going to be the day before Christmas, the 24th. And I think that we're going to be, if you tune into this station, it'll be Christmas music, pretty sure. But there is no pet talk show. I do know that. So anyway, um, if you have a question, uh, I'm here until 2, and I'd love to talk to you. The numbers are 860-522-WTIC. And as always, if you'd like to contact me off the air, just check my website, which is lorifassdogtraining.com, and you can get my email address and you can get my phone number, my business phone number, not uh, the call in for the show. Sometimes people have gotten that confused. So if you want to call in right now, it's uh, 860-522-WTIC. W-T-I-C. So as I was driving here today, I had the station on and I was listening to Law Talk and he was talking about liability in the case of dogs biting people. And uh, in this case, he was talking about um, someone who was babysitting a dog and found the dog through some app. And, uh, you know, honestly, I feel like if you're going to take that responsibility, it does kind of behoove you to find out a little bit more about the situation. Um, I've known of other cases where um, people have gotten involved in dog sitting and ended up getting hurt because they really didn't know what they were getting into. But um, John Matulis was talking about in what cases bites are not strict liability. And so um, I had to ask when I came in, because we kind of crossed paths in the studio here, I asked him, suppose you're in the park and somebody grabs you and they're assaulting you and um, the dog comes to the rescue and bites them. Um, are you now liable? Because, you know, based on his three exceptions, that's not an exception. (laughs) And so he said that uh, it's very unlikely that um, 
you know, anyone would even bother to try a case like that. Uh, it would probably get thrown out of court before it even got there. And if it ever got before a jury, it's not going to be very sympathetic. So even though technically it's not under those things, um, he, he he didn't think it, it would turn out very well for some sort of an assailant who's trying to sue you. But, you know, people are so crazy with this stuff. Um, I guess there might be. I mean, I'm totally going off of my expertise. I have to get John back in here to have this conversation. But uh, suppose the person who was assaulting you was claiming that they weren't assaulting you and it was just all in your imagination and nothing. They they were just chit-chatting or, you know, I don't know. But anyway, kind of going off topic here. But that did cross my mind. And I have known people that have had dogs who have protected them in situations similar to that. And uh, they did not get sued. (laughs) But, you know, we live in a crazy world. Who knows? But anyway, that just kind of popped into my head. But I wanted to um, talk a little bit about uh, a phone call that I got last time I was here, which was Uh, Not last week, but the week before, because I'm doing the rotation with Dr. Dennis. And the last call of the show on that particular day was somebody who called in, and um, he had a 12-year-old sheepadoodle and recently adopted a uh, six-month-old border collie. And while they were eating, the border collie jumped on the back of the sheepadoodle and was attacking him and... uh, you know, in a very scary way. And the question was, um, should they get rid of the dog? And I guess his wife was leaning more on the let's get rid of the dog thing. And, uh, you know, here I have five minutes, so I don't really have a lot of time to discuss this. Uh, But one of the things I wanted to know was how bad was the bite? Um, And apparently it was some scratches. It wasn't real serious. And I also suggested that... um, the border collie eat in a crate and not be let out until everybody's done and all food is cleaned up and there is no morsel of food anywhere and then that's going to take care of that problem. But then I also suggested that the dog get training and the dog apparently is involved in some kind of training. But one of the things that seems to have fallen to the wayside is having a dog understand stop or no or don't do that. And that is um, because a lot of training is just all redirect. Everything is positive. And with a dog like this, who is clearly quite a dominant high drive personality, if you don't have that, you're probably going to end up in trouble. So I was a little concerned about Future situations like uh, suppose you accidentally drop some food on the floor or supposing you bring home new toys that are novel and everybody's excited about them Um, or, you know, there could be a lot of different situations. But anyway, what I wanted to do was I wanted to um, talk a little bit more in detail about how you might evaluate and what things you should consider if you have a situation with – your own dogs, dogs that live in the same household, um, having aggression issues with each other because that's a completely different situation than your dog having aggression issues with dogs outside the home because, honestly, your dog doesn't have to make friends with everybody outside the home. But if you're living with two dogs, they clearly have to live with each other. So um, I think what we should do is go to a break, and when we come back, um, I'm going to go through – what all these various points are. Okay, so, hmm, all right. Well, we might need to go through some of these points right now. (laughs) Anyway, okay, so um, 
I'm going to start with the points, but at some point we're going to need to go to a break. All right. So first of all, one of the questions that I asked was um, uh, how bad was the injury? Because, uh, you know, if the injury is not real serious, that makes a huge difference. I mean, some fights, and I'm going to put like air quotes, fights look horrible, but eh, you know what? Nobody gets hurt. It just looks crazy. Um, and, you know, whether a dog gets hurt or not is pretty significant. You know, I've, I've had people say to me, well, my dog meant to really hurt this dog, but they just didn't get a chance. Well, if the dogs are together for, you know, more than a split second, and even a split second, uh, a dog can do some serious injury. You have no idea how quickly things can get really ugly really fast, um, but obviously the longer it goes on for, the more likely there is to be injury. But a lot of dogs are just blowing off steam, getting angry. Their, their intention isn't really to hurt, but you know, I'm not saying that's a good thing, but that's something you definitely want to keep in account. Um, then the second thing, which is something that, again, I didn't get to discuss with uh, the caller from a couple of weeks ago, is the age of the dog. Okay, so if you have a young dog, and I'm going to consider a six-month-old dog to be a young dog who is, we'll say, cheeky enough to just go after another dog, a six-month-old dog is a puppy. So if a puppy is seeing fit to act out that aggressively, chances are that as it gets older, it will get worse. Okay. Now that's not an absolute formula, but if somebody calls me and says they have a two-year-old, a three-year-old, a five-year-old dog who is now acting out in an aggressive way, but they don't have a history of it, that's usually less bad than my dog is you know, five months, six months, eight months, and is acting very aggressive because it's not fully mature and a lot of the aggression is not fully developed. So that can apply to aggression in other situations too, but the age of the dog, it does make a difference. Um, then the next thing is how easily can you break this up? Um, you know, again, I, I don't think people realize how bad things can get. I knew somebody that had uh, two pit bulls and, um, this, it was a guy, very strong guy, and it was all he could do to get the two dogs apart. And he ended up taking one of them and throwing him in the closet and closing the door because getting some kind of barrier between dogs is a good idea. Not that I'm saying you should throw your dog in the closet, but put, get something in between the dogs. And it was just a matter of seconds before the dog he threw in the closet was ripping the closet door off. Okay, so um, that's pretty bad. Okay, so I'm going to tell you that if if a dog is doing something to that degree, I don't think they're I don't think that that's going to be a doable or fixable situation. Then something else that is very subjective but uh, needs to be taken into account is: Are you afraid? How uncomfortable is this making you? Um, if you're afraid and this is making you really uncomfortable, you're not going to be able to intervene in a way that's going to be productive. Uh, you have to be able to keep your wits about you. And, you know, I've worked with people that can be very clear-headed and can do what they need to do. And I've worked with people that uh, if there's any kind of 
violent activity, even if it's not even truly violent, it just looks like it's violent, they shut down. And, you know, I can't judge somebody as to what they can handle and what they can't handle. Uh, that Again, that's why I said it's very subjective. If you're afraid of your dog or what your dog is going to do and you're living in a fear state, all the time. That's not a good way to live. That's not a condition under which you want to have a pet. Your life is now going to be miserable. So that is something that only you can answer. But, um, you know, it's, it's a good question. And that was, again, you know, the caller was saying that his wife was not in favor of keeping this dog. And if she's in that mental f- place, you know, that's her. That's her personality. That's where she is. There's, again, no judgment. It is scary. Um And maybe he's not intimidated by it, but it's, you know, a household where everybody has to live in harmony, including everybody in the family. And if it gets that scary, you don't get a pet so that you're living in fear. That's not a good reason. Uh, Then also, what risks are you willing to take? Um, Because there's always going to be risks. There's no 100% guarantee that we're not going to have some kind of an episode. So that's also a consideration. Um, Keith, are you in there? I think we need to go to a break. Right? I'm babbling on here. So we're going to continue with this list when I come back after the break. Christmas is a coming and the egg is in the nog. Please to give a friendly man a friendly little dog. If you haven't got a friendly dog, a friendly cat will do. If you haven't got a friendly cat, may God bless you. God bless you, gentlemen, God bless you. If you haven't got a friendly cat, may God bless you. Hello, and welcome back to WTIC's Pet Talk. You're listening to Lori Fass on this behavior edition of the show. And I'm here until 2 o'clock and the lines are open if you'd like to call in and share something or you have a question. I try to be as thorough as possible. Right now, we're not anywhere close to the end of the show, so I can spend a little more time if you call in. It's not always the best format to try to answer problems on the air, but I do my best. And sometimes the answer is simple, but at least it gets people thinking in the right direction. Uh, Sometimes I think people feel like there is no answer and they've tried everything and there's a lot more things you can try, I can guarantee. Okay. So anyway, so if you want to call in today, it's 860-522-WTIC. Or if you would like to contact me off the air, I always recommend people look at my website, which is www.loriefassdogtraining.com. And you can get my email and you can get my phone number that is not the on-air phone number, and I'd be happy to communicate with you that way. So anyway, before the break, I was talking about a caller from a couple of weeks ago that was concerned about a new dog that was six months old who was going after his older 12-year-old dog, and I gave him kind of a brief answer. I gave him some ideas on how to deal with the immediate solution, but you know, when you have dogs in your home and they're going after each other, that's a 
you know, that can be a pretty serious situation here. So I wanted to just cover in a little more detail. Uh, and I had, before the break, I had gone through a list. Um, how bad is it? What? How old is the dog? Because if the dog is young, it's likely to get worse. How easily can you break it up? How uncomfortable or afraid are you? What kind of risks are you willing to take? Because if I'm dealing with any kind of aggression and I agree to help whoever wants my help, I need them to understand there's always a risk. I can't guarantee that somebody's not going to get hurt, a person, a dog, whatever. And if you aren't willing to take that risk, it's probably not a good idea. And some people are better equipped to take the risk than others emotionally, physically, lifestyle-wise, which leads to the last thing in the list, which is, you know, uh, how much time do you have to devote to this and how much reliability do you think that you have in maintaining and following through the necessary rules that you're going to have to follow? Um, You know, some people just uh, have too much on their plate. Um, They're busy. They're spread out between work, between kids, between other obligations. And and frankly, what their dog needs is more than what they're going to have to do to solve a problem like that. And, you know, I'm talking about dogs that live together who are having aggression issues, but that applies to anything regarding your dog, frankly. Um, And then, you know, I mean, there's so many different considerations. I had a call. This was not on the air, but this was someone who had a big dog. uh, I think it was a Catahoula leopard dog mix, about seven or eight years old. And his wife got a little Cavalier Cocker Spaniel mix. And the big older dog did not like the little one and kept going after the little one. And um, the wife was not a big fan of the big dog. It was really more the husband's dog. And these instances where the big dog went after the little dog, the little dog never ended up getting hurt. And again, I do consider that significant um, because I've seen where a big dog like that can kill a little dog very fast. And, you know, if you've ever seen a serious dog fight, I'm going to tell you right now, it it is, I, I was saying to John when he came, when I came in, we crossed paths in the studio, that honestly, I, I feel like I have a little bit of P.S. I can't even say it, post-traumatic stress disorder from some of the things I've seen and some of the um, end results of things that I've seen. Um, And so, you know, people can be extremely naive about what can happen and it can get really bad really fast. But in any case, uh, so this caller that I had off the air, um, the man's wife was all about getting rid of the older dog. And um, I said, well, you know, you have this young dog. It's not even a a year old yet. A cute little fuzzy dog that's probably extremely placeable. And you have a dog that you got from a rescue that's now eight years old. Who's who's the more placeable dog? And the answer is the little one. Um, So, yeah, the little one's cute and fluffy and your wife loves the little one. But where are you going to put the older one? The older one has been in your family for how long? And and you're going to place that one because that one is causing a problem? I mean, I don't know that they would necessarily agree to this. But if I had to say what I thought, I would say, you know, get rid of the little one. Not that you want to get rid of any of them, but if you had to get rid of one, why would you get rid of a dog that you've had for this long um, that, you know, maybe has some other emotional issues, having had a bad history and whatever the case may be. But, you know, I mean, a lot of times people are quick to get rid of the 
older dog or the dog that's no longer as cute or, you know, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. But th- those are the dogs that need you more than the ones that everybody looks at and thinks is adorable. But, you know, it becomes very complicated because it's not just you know, getting the dogs to get along with each other because I kind of went through that list with uh, the guy that, that had contacted me. I did not talk to his wife, but uh, what are the risks involved? Um, what could happen? What are you willing to do? Uh, you know, I have people that uh, have dogs that do not get along and they live a very regimented life where, you know, there is never a time where they're just, the dogs are just casually crossing paths. There's always some kind of rules about when this dog goes here and that dog goes there. And if you don't follow those rules, you're going to have a really big problem. So in this particular case, um, I really had some kind of feeling about it was a little bit more controllable. But again, you know, if his wife is scared, if she can't handle it, and then what is the dynamic between the two of them, never mind the two dogs, it can get very complicated. But, uh, you know, safety is definitely high up on the list of things you need to consider. And also, what are you willing to do? And and now this becomes an issue between the two of them. You know, obviously, I know that he is very attached to the bigger, older dog. And she never liked that dog. As far as she was concerned, he shouldn't have gotten the dog in the first place. But, you know, eight years later or however long you've had this dog, seven years later, you're now going to decide, oh, it's a problem. Let's just get rid of you. You know, I I, I can't really endorse that. Honestly, it's just, uh, you know, it's just too easy to just get rid of a dog rather than try and work, work it out. And from where I'm coming from, that's really what I do is I try to get people – to keep their pet. If there's any way that you can keep your pet and work out the problem, I'm your person to call because, you know, it's it's there's so many reasons why it's just not good for you, not good for your pet to just pass them off. And there's often a lot more things you can do. Sometimes it's not doable. You know, sometimes you're just not going to be able to be up for the task for many of the reasons that I said, gave a list of six things here. <laughs> But uh, sometimes if you have more information and you're willing to put the time in and you understand how to handle things, you can do it. And if it's possible to do that, then then do it. And if you don't know how to do it yourself, then call me or call somebody who does know how to do it. And don't just give up on it because, you know, very often, as I said, think problems are solvable in ways that people don't think they are. But with more information, you find out, eh, maybe it is. Okay, so anyway, we'll be right back after this. I'm on a bimey window, watch my lady whilst I sleep. I'm on a bimey window, watch my lady whilst I sleep. Those women these days, they saw a dog on crooked, that he might make. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Hello, and welcome back to WTIC's Pet Talk. This is Lori Fass, and I'm here to talk about your dog or cat's behavior. If you have a question, I'm here until 2 o'clock, and you can call at 860-522-WTIC. And you can contact me off the air, check my website, LoriFassDogTraining.com. Anyway, the topic I was getting into today has to do with when you have pets in your own home who are acting aggressive to each other. And uh, very often it's something that you can have a great intervention and solve the problem, and other times not so much. So I think a lot of people assume that, uh, you know, if dogs are – litter mates or if you know you keep a puppy the mother and the puppy are going to get along great because they know each other and sometimes dogs are very good with animals that they know and sometimes not so much so you know people assume certain things that just aren't always true i remember many years ago i had met two bedlington terriers and if you don't know what that is they're uh, sort of lanky looking uh, dogs with fur like a poodle or a biche on their the way their fur is cut makes them look like little lambs and so they look like oh look at a cute little lamb dog but they're terriers and uh, kissy and love was not very representative of their actual personality and they were mother and daughter and they could not stand each other I mean they could not live together. It was just not a doable situation at all. So who would have guessed that? You know, you have kissy and love, mother and daughter, cute little lamb dogs wanting to seriously injure each other. No, can't do it. Then I remember um, two little rat terriers, very cute little dogs, um, about 10 pounds. And, ooh, they when we're talking about seriously having it in for each other, we're lucky they were 10-pound dogs. Uh, the people that um, were describing to me how bad this got, uh, they were in their backyard, and the dogs started getting into it, and they didn't know how to break it up. And so they, again, keeping in mind the dogs are only 10 pounds each, they were able to take the both of them and throw them in the swimming pool, and you'd think that might stop them on the spot. Well, no. Apparently, they were fighting as they were submerging under the water. And this continued on like some crazy, you know, uh, Discovery Station shark attack show or something. And the only thing that 
stop them is when they couldn't breathe anymore. And then they obviously had to surface for air. But again, not a doable situation. So, you know, one cute little fuzzy dogs, one little cute terriers. Then another situation was um, a Newfoundland and a bull mastiff who happened to be getting into some fights with one another. And you would think, well, that's going to be the more serious situation. But what ended up happening was, and and recently I heard something similar. What happened was they were kind of fooling around with each other and one of the dogs got stuck on the other dog's collar. And neither dog understood that they were stuck on the other dog's collar. As far as they were concerned, they were each dog thought the other dog had a hold of them. Neither of those things were true, but each dog then started to think that the other dog was trying to start up with them in some kind of a way, and um, it's it started this grudge match and, and suspicious. We don't trust you, but in fact, nothing like that was happening at all. And uh, this was a very doable situation. And we had to just gradually reintroduce them because neither of the dogs had any real animosity towards the other one whatsoever. But obviously, when you have dogs of those size, you know, you have to be very careful. So part of uh, the reintroduction process was uh, muzzle training which if I'm doing that in a situation where the muzzle needs to be on for any length of time, um, I will use a basket-style muzzle. And on my website, I have um, a link to different muzzles that I think might be appropriate. Some are a little better than others. Uh, The brand that I like the most is called Jafco, which is, again, on my website. So with the muzzles, they, they really can't fight. So you're kind of in a catch-22 situation here where we need to reintroduce the dogs. But if we reintroduce the dogs, we could maybe have a breakout fight. So how do you do that without risking the dogs or yourself? And that was what the muzzle training was for. And as we came up with a program that went along with the muzzle training, the dogs got reintroduced. They realized that neither one of them were going to do this ever again because they had grown up together. So it was just this one-time thing. But, uh, you know, again, on on the surface, you would think that would have been the more difficult situation. And and as it turns out, it wasn't at all. Um, But, uh, you know, I'd say that a lot of dogs just don't like dogs that they don't know. So, you know, I don't even consider that weird. I consider that kind of like a normal adult dog behavior. So when people say to me, my dog is two years old and they are not getting along at doggy daycare anymore, I'll say, well, they kind of aged out. You know, you probably don't want to go swing off the monkey bars at the uh, playground either at this point. (laughs) Um, And, uh, you know, same thing with dog parks. And and doggy daycares are very chaotic and not a lot of dogs are going to like them. And if they don't, so what? You know, your dog doesn't have to be there. Your dog does not have to be at the dog park. I know it, when it works out well, it's great, but I've just seen too many bad things happening. I don't go to dog parks. Um, and as a matter of fact, you know, when people say to me, how do I, you know, say hi to dogs on walks? I say, don't say hi to dogs on walks. You don't need to bring your dog over to dogs to say hi. It's completely unnecessary. And you have no idea how many times people have told me Well, I brought my dog over and they said their dog was friendly and then their friendly dog bit my dog. Well, 
you know, that's that's the way it goes. I'm kind of kind of used to hearing that by now. But if we're going to introduce a dog, it's got to be done in a gradual fashion in a way that's realistic and not just nose to nose, never met you before. Let's be best buddies. That's just not a good way to go about things. So I often give lectures on that. And in my group classes, I'll tell people not to do it. Um, and some people listen a little better than others. I remember uh, one class I came in like right on the dot of when the class was going to start and several of my students were there earlier. And one of the dogs um, had a bloody scrape on its nose. And I said, oh, what happened here? And uh, the the people that had the dog said, oh, well, the dog got bitten. I said, well, look kind of new. I said, when did that happen? Oh, just right now. And I said, well, who did that? And they pointed to another dog in the class. And I went over to that person and I said, um, has your dog ever done this before? And they said, no. <laughs> and of course, this is a crowded situation with many dogs. They're all new. It's probably a little stressful. Um, you know, so there's some variables going on here. But uh, in that particular class, I didn't have to spend a lot of time on why. It's not a real good idea to have your dog just randomly go up to a dog and say hi, nose to nose. Um, but, uh, you know, people do it anyway. So I'm I discourage people from doing that. So another thing that comes up, this isn't dog to dog, but it's dog and cat interaction. And, um, you know, if you have a cat that's raised, that has been raised with dogs, it's not going to be as panicked as a cat that's never seen a dog in its life. And I have to kind of laugh at some of these um you know, let's see, let's do a test uh, at the Humane Society and see if uh, this dog is good with cats. And then they bring in this cat that could not be more bored of seeing dogs and just lays there like, yeah, okay, here's another one. Yeah, whatever, buddy. And then the dog goes, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, then you go home and your cat has never seen a dog and panics and runs and acts all scared. And the same dog who acted like he was perfectly fine with cats is – no, we, we, we have a totally different reaction now. Um, and, you know, what are you going to do for this test? Get some panicked cats in there to see if the dog is going to go after them? That's, that's not a comfortable or fair test, but that's reality. If your cat is, you know, kind of like, eh, yeah, dog, whatever, big deal, then – Okay, probably work out. Cat's never seen a dog, doesn't know what the heck it is. Totally different situation. So what I've found, same kind of situation here, but it can be, it can get really bad. I mean, if you have a dog of any size, um, the dog can seriously injure and kill a cat. Uh, if a cat gets really aggressive and angry and you have a small dog or a puppy, the cat can seriously injure the dog. I've known of many, many times where dogs have gotten their eyes gouged by cats and sometimes the injuries are pretty bad. Um, but barring those situations, let's say it's just a kind of a misunderstanding, we're not used to each other type deal, what I've often recommended that people do in that situation is get either a large wire dog crate or one of those, if you have one, I'm not saying you need to run out and grab one, borrow something or one of those um, 
kitty condos also, you see them sometimes in the pet stores. They're big wire cages. And you put the cat in there, get the cat used to being in there so it's not some you know crazy punishment thing. And then you can have the dog on a leash around the dog, uh, around the cat, excuse me, that's in the cage or the crate. And that gives you an opportunity to work through some of the fear because if you just bring a scared cat and the cat runs away and the dog chases it, then that's what we're doing. We're practicing having the dog chase the cat. And it's going to take a few minutes for the cat to settle down. And your cat's not going to want to just sit there. Uh, And I remember years ago there was a pet store that used to take in um, kittens, and they were also a grooming shop. And they'd taken a litter of kittens and put them in one of those little cat condos. And dogs would parade back and forth uh, to get their grooming right by the cat little condo area. And when they first had the litter in there, every time a dog would go by, they'd hiss and puff up and look pretty disturbed. And after we were there for a little while, as the dogs went by, it was like, yeah, yeah. Another dog. There you go. So I thought, wow, okay, that is actually a very good way to get cats and dogs together because the cat is safe, uh, they can't run away, and you can take the time to actually acclimate them. But I think we need to go to another quick break, and we'll be right back. Everybody wants to be a cat Because a cat's the only cat who knows where it's at? Tell me, everybody's picking up on the field line B. Cause everything else is obsolete. A square with a horn makes you wish you weren't born every time he plays. But with the square and the act, you can set music back to the caveman days. Corny birds who try to sing But still a cat's the only cat Who knows how to swing Wants to dig a long hair gig And stuff like that When everybody wants to be a cat Hello and welcome back to WTIC's Pet Talk You're listening to Lori Fass On this behavior edition of the show Next week, Dr. Dennis will be on, and the following Saturday is the day before Christmas, and there will be no pet talk. I'm assuming there will be holiday music all day, Um, but I'm here for another 10 minutes, and so if you want to call in, the lines are open. It's 860-522-WTIC, so that's 860-522-WTIC. TIC. And as always, if you want to call me or email me off the air, I'd love to hear from you there. And also, I always tell people if I do give you advice, I don't always get to know how it turns out. And I do want to know. I want to know just for my own information. If I'm giving uh, advice that turns out to not be the best advice, I want to stop doing that. Uh, If I'm giving advice that is good advice, that's good feedback for me. And I've been doing this for long enough that, you know, I can make an educated guess about what I think will and will not work. Uh, Sometimes communicating that is not always easy. Uh, Sometimes I'm trying to say things or get people to do things in a certain way. And I've on more than one occasion had people say, well, I'm doing what you say. And I'm 
looking at it a little carefully and it's kind of like what I said, but it's enough off that it's, mm, no, you know, you really have to do it. You, you have to put the whole thing together like a puzzle. If the puzzle pieces aren't all in the right spot, uh, it doesn't paint the whole picture. But, you know, I do like helping people. And if I can make it simple, I do. So anyway, um, I wanted to just mention a couple of sort of random things here. Uh, one is, um, you know, if people are trying to come up with gifts and so on, and I have no idea how long it would take for uh, this to be made, but there's a company called Cuddle Clones, and um, Cuddle Clones makes stuffed toys that are replicas of your pet. So if you have a cat or your dog and you want a replica of it in a stuffed animal form, uh, Cuddle Clones will make one for you. And um, I think I've seen, and I, I can't even go there, but where you can have your pet that passed away freeze-dried or taxidermied. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I know people do this, but that's just a little too weird for me. If I want to have um, a replica of my pet, I think that I'd want either a nice portrait or maybe even a, a framed photograph or, you know, the little stuffed toy that looks like the pet. That's not a bad idea. So, you know, if you're trying to honor a pet that's passed away, or if you want to just get somebody a replica of a pet that you just that's still alive, but they just like it and they think it would be cute, um, that's not a bad place to look, the cuddle clones thing. I mean, if you wanted this to be a gift for Christmas, I don't know how much time they need because it's a custom-made item. Uh, but, you know, I think I thought it was interesting. I thought it was cute. I thought it was worth mentioning. Okay, the other product that I wanted to talk about has to do with cold weather. So, you know, I've talked before when the weather is cold, if your animal is uncomfortable with the cold, it's okay to get him a coat. It's not just, you know, some fashion statement. It's It can actually be something that will make, your, make the difference of whether or not your dog's going to be comfortable outside or not. Uh, but one of the things that happens in the cold weather is um, dogs' feet get affected by the cold and also by whatever chemical treatments are out there. And something that I have mentioned before as a thing to do is you can just take like a little, I don't know, Tupperware container or some kind of little plastic container. And they actually make commercial containers for this purpose where you fill it with water and you dip your dog's foot in there and slush it around and it'll remove whatever debris is on their paw, including clumps of snow, which if you have a long-haired dog, that can be a problem too. Um but, uh, you know, that's something that you can just simply do. And I usually like to put like a little tiny drop of uh, baby shampoo because it kind of makes the water absorb better into the fur. Not soapy, just a little teeny drop. It just is a way to get the, um, the moisture into the space that you want. But if your dog has real sensitive paws and is sensitive to the cold, well, one thing you could do is you could try using the boots that they make for dogs. Uh, some dogs will tolerate them and a lot of dogs will not. And I'd say probably most dogs don't like them. And if you were to go on YouTube, you could probably watch quite a few kind of comical looking uh, videos with uh dogs in boots where they're lifting their feet up funny and, you know, walking very oddly. And if you if you can get a comfortable pair of boots, your dog is comfortable, it's really cold or really awful, okay, hey, go for it. But that's 
often not the case. Okay, so now what's plan B? Well, there's a product and it's called Musher's Secret. That's spelled M-U-S-H-E-R-S Secret. And it's kind of designed Musher's because for sled dogs. So if an animal's feet are not calloused and tough enough, and even if they are, if it's cold enough, which, you know, frankly, having lived in Syracuse, New York, I don't find Connecticut weather to be all that cold. But, you know, I'm not saying that your dog might not have sensitive feet. But what you would do with this is you would be putting this on and leaving it on for long enough for it to really soak into the pads of the feet and kind of act as a protective barrier. And apparently this product is also very good at healing uh, feet and also apparently hot spots. And apparently uh, one of the people that wrote a review on this said that it was very effective at healing their cracked feet. So I don't, I mean, a lot of times people use animal products. I, I think still to this day, if you were to go to like CVS, I haven't checked this out recently, but it used to be a thing where they had shampoo and conditioner and it was called mane and tail, which is for horses. And it was designed for horses, but the um, uh, it works really well for people. I had a house guest <laughs> some years ago and I had some dog shampoo and conditioner in my bathroom because I had just uh, bathed one of my dogs, and the house guest said, "Wow, that shampoo and conditioner you have is really great. That was super. Where did you get that?" <laughs> I explained to her that she used the dog shampoo and conditioner, and I'm not saying you should run out and get dog and uh, dog or horse hair conditioner, whatever. But what I am saying is this stuff, the Musher's Secret, is a good thing to have on hand to protect paws. I think it also is helpful if your dog has sort of dry, slippery feet and tend to slip around a lot. I know as dogs get older, sometimes they have issues with gripping. And there is another product, which I can't think of off the top of my head, which is actually um, like little, almost like little uh, non-skid decal things that you can put on your dog's feet to prevent slipping. Um, And apparently they work okay, but I think even this is going to help with something like that. So it's something that I brought up before, but I thought it was a cold weather tip for something that you could try. And, um, you know, again, I'm not endorsing the product. I don't get any kickback from this, but it's it's good to know. It's, you know, something to have on hand. And uh, again, the product is called Musher's Secret. So if you want to have something to protect your dog's feet when they go out in the cold weather, or you want to be proactive about that, you can have that and get one of those little containers to slish around and uh, get all the debris off because that's that's really important. You don't want your dog walking around with salt or ice melt or even if it's the dog-friendly kind, you really don't want that staying on your dog's feet. So, you know, we're going to get some ice. People are going to be putting that stuff out. So um, if you have the musher's secret on there, it's just going to be all that much easier to rinse this stuff off. So hopefully... That'll be some good tips for you, and that's going to wrap up the show. If you want to talk to me, check out my website, Lori Fast Dog Training. Have a good day. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.